everyone. Good morning. Good morning, David, and welcome back to another episode of the podcast that we call... Oh, what's that smell? You thinking again? That's right, that's right. How you doing, David? I'm doing all right, Connor. How are you doing? I'm doing all right. I'm doing decent. Uh, how's Wisconsin? Wisconsin is doing just fine. It is a beautiful, cloudy Sunday morning. Football, football. Oh, football, right? There's lots of, lots of football today. Yeah, how's uh, Illinois looking? Illinois is looking pretty cloudless, actually. I'm, I'm, it's pretty blue skies, pretty sunny. Wow. Pretty That's solid, weird. right? Yeah. So I'm sure either you will get the cloudlessness of Illinois or I will get the cloudiness of Wisconsin at some point. We shall see. Depends how the wind blows. Yeah. Anywho, today. <coughs> Excuse me. Not, not oh, Rona. no. No, it's Kinda not Rona. Dying. I promise. It's not Rona. Ah! All right. Today, we're here to talk about not Pixar. We're here to talk about Disney. Because, you know, Pixar sometimes seems to like overshadow Disney with like their quality. And I think today we can focus just on Disney because Disney's been doing it longer than Pixar and has a ton of contenders. There's a lot of movies in there that rank on the same level and even sometimes higher than Pixar movies. Yeah. There's a lot of great stuff out there. And I think there's enough to talk about where we can discuss why they have that, like, that status, you know? Talk mm-hmm. about like, like some of our favorites, talk about some of our least favorites, you know? Compare and contrast, all that good stuff. See where the wind takes us. This wind uh, metaphor is getting uh, getting some usage today. <laughs> so, David, I want to pose to you with a very simple question of how did Disney get here? Like, why do you think they're still relevant in 2020 when they, you know, you friggin' Walt Disney was making movies in 1939 or 1937. Sorry, that's when Snow White came out. Uh, you've been making movies since then. It's almost been 100 years. What? Why? How? How is Disney still relevant? Oh, man. Oh, man. Well, kind of, I think we have to go back to the beginning. The very mm-hmm. beginning. Back to the first Mickey Mouse shorts. Uh-huh. Steamboat oh, Willie. Steamboat Willie. Oh, man. You know, I feel like we, we can kind of tie this in to the animation episode almost. Mm-hmm. Um, of course. So, like, back then, back in the 30s, you know, animation was a new thing, you know? Yeah. Like, like nobody really knew what it was. It's kind of, it was this new weird you know form of entertainment moving pictures you know it was like mm-hmm. wow what is this i mean even even at the time film was new you know yeah like you didn't have many like cinematic movies like we do now it's mm-hmm. they're, they're they're very short um so to see an animated movie like this at, at this quality uh it, it was is it new it was different it it stood out it it was just it was groundbreaking almost you know it was something you did not expect and i i just i just think people really like fell in love with it you know i mean i don't know about if they fell in love with it then but i mean now i mean you can you can see how much they appreciate it the the animation the animation quality the time they put into it, it it's just it's just all there and and i think i think that's i think from the very beginning to now, I think, I think they kept they kept that quality that Walt Disney always had from the very beginning. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. Like, especially like at the time, there was not a lot of people doing what Walt Disney did. Like, animation was very rare, and even like as, as time went on, even like you got like Looney Tunes and stuff that started to pop up, 
and even like people appreciated Looney Tunes. We all like Looney Tunes, mm-hmm. but like there was no one doing what Disney did as consistently. You know, like Disney still kind of held that because they were not only first but also the most consistent. Like you could you could go see a Disney film and you'd probably see quality animation. I mean, at least to like the eighties, but like you know, in the beginning they were really high quality, and there was no one else doing what they were doing at the time. So like. It was if you wanted to see animation, this was the place you went to. So like, they were a big deal. Yeah, and I think like, yeah, like like you said, like even today, people still val- uh, still like treasure those original animations. Like, yeah, Disney like did stuff that was so like groundbreaking that it's still relevant today. Like, you could watch Steamboat Willie or any of the Disney shorts from then that period, and still like enjoy them because like they have that appeal. It's just simple fun. Like, there's no dated, like, there's nothing really too dated about it besides the fact the animation's kind of simple. But, like, you could watch it and enjoy it now, just like you could in the whenever it came out, 20s, 30s. Yeah. Solid yeah. stuff. Definitely, definitely. And wasn't the Walt Disney Company started in 1923? Uh, I would, I, I'm not going to say no. <laughs> I'm not sure. <laughs> so I'm going to say sure. Okay, uh, okay. Well, and I can tell you for a fact it started not with Mickey, but it started with a guy named Oswald the Rabbit. Do you want to tell us a little bit about him? Sure. Oswald the Rabbit was like Disney's first character, one of the first characters, and was kind of like the prototype to Mickey. And uh, it was all well and good, but the reason why you don't see him much anymore was back in the day, someone, one of his partners got into like a legal dispute and found a loophole where Disney was, where Disney kind of got like suckered out of being able to use that character. So whatever this guy was kind of ran off with the rights. So he couldn't use the character anymore. And like that really set him back. I think like he took his first vacation, like right after that happened, because like he had never taken vacation before this point. He was always work, work, work. But like once he lost uh, Oswald, he like took a vacation for like a while to like you know refocus because he like he just lost what he was planning to do with his life you know yeah so and that was what inspired Mickey was like a character to you know be kind of like to fall back on now that you've lost Oswald so definitely, that was kind of cool now kind of I have another question for you kind of following that up sure why don't we see Oswald the rabbit anymore well we see him a bit you can see him in like he was in that Epic Mickey games and. Uh, he was a, he's like you could see him in the parks every once in a while. It's like you can buy him as like a plush or something. But you don't really Wait, see so him too he, much is anymore. Is he Disney again? Like what happened there? I think they finally did uh, buy the rights to the character because I think they did it for like Epic Mickey. But there's really no place for like Oswald Rabbit and like the you know Disney canon. They don't want to spend money try to promote him because no one no one cares about Oswald. I mean I like Oswald a lot, but like let's get real, there's no one who's gonna go out of their way to watch an Oswald short, you know? Yeah. Like, not anymore. Like, that's why the same thing with characters like Horace Horse Collar, you know? Like, it's a character that has been around in Disney for ages, but you're not going to see a Horace Horse Collar short because no one cares, you know? Yeah. So I think they do have the rights again. It's just they don't use them as much. Oh, I see. I see. Interesting stuff. It's all good. It's all good. So I think we should talk about going from shorts to talk about films because Disney did create the first full length animated feature to my knowledge. Now, granted I've heard of others before this point, but I feel like you're talking like the first feature length, like huge animated film. 
it was Disney with Snow White in 1937, I believe. Let's talk about Snow White for a bit. Sure, sure. So, David, what do you think? Why do you think it was such a big deal? Like, why do you think people like why why this was a landmark? Oh man. Um, well, you know, Snow White was like you said, like the first big animated picture. I mean, it was how long was the movie? Like an hour and a half, I almost. I think it's yeah, it's like it's like a close to ninety minutes, maybe like seventy five, maybe. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it was the first like movie length animated movie. You know, like yeah. we've never really had that before. I mean, we had the shorts, like we mentioned, the Mickey shorts, but we've never had a full length movie like this. I mean, at least in America, I think in there might America, be a couple, there yeah. might have been a couple foreign ones. Yeah, yeah. Um, but having this at such a high quality. I mean, at the time, the movie looked great. I mean, this this was something incredible. I mean, it absolutely was. And in, 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 in the time they put into it, and because, like, animation, like we mentioned, the animation movie, because I guess they're going to tying it into it a bit. Yeah, the episode. Um, it, it, it takes a lot of time to, to hand draw it. And so to do that, for an hour and a half that that takes years it takes mm-hmm. a really long time to do that and, and it's a huge risk because there was no evidence that like a feature like animated film would be even wanted yeah like it, there's it, a chance this could have bombed and we would never have heard of disney again yeah i mean it, it, it was a huge risk and, and it definitely benefited them you know it was it was a it was a the start is a new beginning. It was it trailblazed the way for what Disney is today. It really did. Um, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. Kind of doing a talk about it a little bit. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Uh, fun fact: it at the Oscars the next year, it didn't win an Oscar, but it was given an honorary Oscar. That was a Oscar with seven little Oscars right around it, which is kind of cool. Like it had little, its own little seven dwarf Oscars. But yes. Uh, Snow White and Seven Dwarfs is one of those movies that, like, it was such a big deal that you can't help but respect it. I mean, if you don't like the movie, that's fine. I mean, I think it's all right. It's a decent movie. It's just one of those things where, like, it has such a historical uh, prominence because this was, like, the first time Disney went into feature-length animation and proved that there's money in that market and that they should focus on doing that kind of thing. Because, you know, without this, we wouldn't have literally name a Disney movie. Like, no Disney movies would exist without it. Yeah. And chances are, you wouldn't have as much animation in the mainstream without it. So you gotta respect it for that. And it, for what it is, it actually kind of holds up pretty well. I mean, the animation's not, like, Chris, like pristine, but it, like, it, there's some solid animation there. And, like, the, the, the fruits of their labor definitely pay off for, like, a solid, solid film. Yeah. Yeah, and I mean, yeah, like, it's, it's very relevant, very important movie, you know? It, it really is. Very, very important, very important. Um, so do you, a yeah, quick question yeah. leading up on continuing. Mm-hmm. So Disney has obviously changed a lot. I mean, you don't see as many princess movies nowadays. And if you do see one, they're very cutting edge, you know? They're, they're pushing the boundaries of what a princess movie should be, you know? Mm-hmm. You got frozen making fun of the fact that they that people uh you know the characters get together with people they met the very same day you had moana making fun of the like traditional princess tropes as well so nowadays you don't really see as many of the princess tropes that you would have seen you know all leading up to even the 90s so like 
what like what in what other ways do you think Disney has changed like from the early days of like classic animation like Jungle Book and Alice in Wonderland to today with stuff you know like what they're doing now Wreck It Ralph and uh, and such Zootopia. Um, so, yeah. so like. I'm, I'm trying to understand what you mean by this question exactly. Because, like, Disney's changed, you know? Yeah. Like, they, the, the, even the topics they focus on change a lot. And, like, just, like, what are some ways you've noticed that they've changed over time? Like, what, what things are they focusing on now that they didn't focus on back then? Or, like, what, what uh, ideas have they dropped from the old movies that they're, you know, focusing on new things now? Well, you see... Like Disney's been around for a while. I mean, like I said, I think they've been around since 1923, which is almost 100 years. Yeah, we're working on 100 years. Where it's almost 100 years. So you can see that, you know, times have changed, right? Society has changed. Society was not the same as it was back in 1935. You know, mm-hmm. it's like we don't want to watch a a stereotypical prince saves the princess movie we we want more we want more for entertainment you know and even though a lot of people don't really how do i put this they don't really care about what they okay kind of feel like you said this best one time when we were gaming about people's standards when it comes to watching movies and how they just want something to be entertained with. Mm-hmm. Some of that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. People would rather people would rather see something they know and like and like something they just like something simple rather mm-hmm. than seeing something new. Yeah. Yeah. And I I think that can also tie in a little bit with Disney movies a bit because we're still getting princess movies such as Frozen, Moana, uh Princess and the Frog. Movies like that, you know, they're still princess movies. They're still recognizable, um, like Snow White and Saving Beauty and such like that. But they're taking a different spin to it mm-hmm. to make it more, I guess, culturally and societally more a- appropriate, you know. And, it's in- like, and inclusive. Yeah. yeah, more more inclusive. And I, I think they're changing for the better, you know. It, mm. It's still familiar, but they're changing in a way that's more progressive and more accepting to more people. And I think that's really awesome. I really do. And I mean, they've been doing it for a while now. I mean, ever since like, I don't know, the eighties or nineties. Cause we had, mm-hmm. we had Mulan, we had Aladdin, yeah. we had mm-hmm. Pocahontas. Yeah. I right. Mean, that's they, all the nineties. Yeah. I mean, they've been doing it for, I mean, quite a bit now. Mm-hmm, definitely. Right, uh, do you want to add anything, Connor? Uh, I not necessarily to add, cause you kind of had it spot on. But what I can say is I can tell you a way they've changed in a, a kind of interesting idea. The villains. Because Disney villains back in the day, like, they were almost more interesting than the heroes. Like Maleficent, the evil queen, uh, the evil stepmother, you know. You got, like, Cruella de Vil. Uh, like, every villain from those movies was always leagues more interesting than the hero. Yeah. And I think that kind of the reasoning they did that was because they wanted the characters to be vessels for those kids watching, where essentially they wanted someone who was 
not like complex enough so that it makes them stand out as an individual, but not boring enough that people wouldn't care. So they have this middle ground where you, where a person or a kid most specifically could see the character and say, I can be that person, you know? And they wanted to put themselves into that, into those shoes, you know, even like something as kind of wild as like the jungle book. Like I'm sure there have been plenty of kids who just want to, you know, drop all responsibilities and just hang out with cool animals in the jungle, you know? And like Alice in Wonderland, I'm sure everybody wants to go spend time in an adventure in like a mysterious world. Like it's just kind of the characters were there to be vessels for the viewer. But Mm -hmm. the villain was where you could get really creative. That's where you got the unique artists, like art and ideas. That's where you got the most creative, like the creative uh, visual designs. You have the most creative, like types of character. Like, those are always the things that stand out the most. And even going into the 90s, too, where the characters got infinitely more interesting, like with Little Mermaid and Ursula, uh, Aladdin and Jafar, uh, Beauty and the Beast with Gaston. Like, even when the characters got more complex, the villains also got more interesting. And now look at today. Can you even name a villain from a recent Disney movie that, you know, was really cool? Hans of the Southern Isle. Yeah, but you're, you're, yeah, no. Like, <laughs> Disney's been relying more on twists, like characters that aren't really villains and then become a villain later on, or they were villains that you didn't realize who they were, you know? Did Moana They're... even have a villain? Moana had, like, the giant uh, lava monster, you know? Yeah, but... Which, I mean, granted, it's a cool design, but, like, that's still not a highly complex villain. Yeah, like, I, I, yeah, and I've really thought about that. You do have a good point. Yeah, villain, like Disney's been really loving to do like villain characters that are kind of either twists or not that huge of a threat to make way for the main characters. Which, granted, good idea. Like you want to focus on the main characters because those are the main characters. You don't want your main character to be less interesting than the people around them. Yeah. But on the other hand. The villains have really been lacking recently. Yeah, I mean, not they're not awful. Yeah. I don't yeah. know any awful ones, but if you start listing Disney villains, how long is it going to take for you to get to Hans and King Candy and uh, Mayor, uh, like Assistant Mayor Bellwether from Zootopia? Uh, I guess it's a spoiler for those Disney movies, but you know, mm-hmm. like there are so many more interesting villains than the ones that we're getting nowadays, and like that's kind of a huge change I've noticed. Like, or do you want to throw, do you want to like take a crack at as to maybe why they're doing this? Do you think? Oh yeah. Yeah. I was, I was, I was kind of thinking about it while you were talking. Gotcha. Um, I think, I think this whole switch to focusing on the, the main protagonist started with Mulan uh-huh. because, okay. You, okay. You know, who the villain is like if you were to like if you were showing a picture you'd be like oh yeah that's the villain from Mulan Mm -hmm. but you don't really know much about them they didn't really develop their character at all yeah yeah focused mainly on Mulan right and showing her journey as a character and Mulan is extremely successful you know Mm -hmm. that that was the I guess the, the real turning point of when they really started focusing on the main character and I think Mulan was a really good example of what that could be you know, mm-hmm. um, to focus on a like, powerful lead character to to kind of like 
I guess, inspire people to, to I guess, to, to be greater than themselves, I guess, you know, mm-hmm. to, to aspire to their dreams almost, I guess. And I think that's, that's kind of like Disney's thing. Mm-hmm. Um, good, good role models, you know? Yeah, yeah. Good role models they can look up to, you know, and, and Mulan is a very good example of that. Yeah, and I mean, yeah, I agree. And like, no one's no one's really gonna say themselves. My role model was Cinderella from Cinderella. Yeah, yeah. My role model was Mowgli from The Jungle Book. Like, <laughs> it's not like they're bad characters; that they're not role models. Yeah, no. But now you have characters like Ariel and Belle and Aladdin and Mulan, who are like legitimately good role models. They're people that you could look up to, like a kid could look up to and say, I want to be that person. Yes, exactly. They're they're redefining the definition of a princess. You know, yeah. it's like a princess can be strong. They don't need help. They can right. defend themselves. Just like that. And they also, this is when they started to be a little more inclusive racially mm-hmm. because this was when you got Pocahontas and you got uh, Mulan and like, granted, it took a little while to get uh, Tiana and Prince of the Frog, but you could, the idea still stood. Like they were starting to get a little more inclusive with their cultures. Yeah, and I think like yeah, that's a good changing of the times because I, if, quite frankly, I don't need to see another white princess do white princess things. I would love to see more variety. Yeah, and they've definitely provided that. Mm-hmm. Like yeah, looking yeah. on today, you know, we got Mulan, and I think the next Disney movie is uh, Raya: The Last Dragon, and that is going to be Asian inspired too. So, like I said, they're they're definitely dipping their toes more into different cultures, which is really cool. I'm glad they're yeah. doing something like that. Yeah, definitely, definitely, definitely. Mm-hmm. Though I do kind of wish they bring the villains with them too, like. We have Lion King and Little Mermaid where, like, the villains are just as interesting as the heroes. I kind of wish they went back to a time like that, you know? But if we have to sacrifice villains for great leads, that's fine. It's, it, I'd prefer <laughs> that than, you know, having cool villains and no good hero. Yeah. So, yeah, you know definitely. what? Yeah, like, there's, there's a lot going on. Yeah, there is. There is. Um, you know what's something that just came to me that sure. we should definitely discuss is... Disney live action. <laughs> We're definitely going to talk about that at some point. Maybe we'll even do a podcast about it. Perhaps, perhaps. But to but... summarize it, yeah, summarize it I bit. guess uh, I could share quick thoughts of mine. I don't think it's a bad idea to remake your movies because all these movies, every animated, they're pretty much every Disney animated movie is based on an original source. You know, pretty much all the stuff that Walt Disney worked on was inspired by the books of like Hans uh, Hans uh, Christian Andersen, I believe his name is, or the Brothers Grimm. You know, there's a lot. And then like even nowadays, like uh, Frozen's based on a, a book from uh, Hans Christian Andersen, I believe. And uh, Hamlet is the inspiration for Lion King, you know, like they're all there's a lot of inspirations there from other works. So remaking them as, li- as live action and maybe making them a little bit more mature can adapt those books better. Like you could be more faithful to the original or you could bring in a director with a unique directing style to take it over. Like there are so many unique directors out there that just literally just saying like, for example, Taika Waititi taking Jungle Book or something. That's so distinct, you know, like you're, you know, if you watch that, you're not going to be watching the same movie as you watched in, in the you know in whatever year that movie came out you're watching a completely unique film you know 
like that's an interesting idea like get directors with unique visions to take on those movies it's you different and unique but yeah. <laughs> the big but i think disney is taking a really bad approach to this because what they're doing is they're just making the same movie but live action and why would you want to watch that like no one watches a movie and says i want to watch that again except done differently or done looking differently not even done differently looking differently like no one had a problem with that animation why are you making it live action it's makes no sense and the changes they make to the story aren't at all relevant like some of the most annoying like changes they make are when they'll make a change that actively takes away from the original like one of the most distinct i can think of is the new mulan where they literally remove the scene where she takes her father's armor and leaves to join the army they took out the most important scene in the movie. Yeah. They straight up just skipped it because they assumed you knew the story already, so you wouldn't need to see her do it. Like, that's taking away from the original. You're taking what made that movie original and literally removing it so that it just feels like a shell of the movie. It feels like they took a first draft of the original movie and made it a different movie. Like, it's bizarre. And I think... Disney needs to really stop that because, like, that's not creative. It's so basic and bland, and like, Disney could be doing so much better. At least that's what I think. Yeah, yeah, I totally agree. And I don't want to get too deep into it, knowing that we might eventually make a live action video. Not yeah, video at least we'll action. we'll focus. Yeah, we'll focus more on the individual movies in the podcast. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, but to kind of like lightly touch on it a bit, I, I totally agree with what you're saying. Um, I feel like the only reason Disney is doing this is to kind of, you know, ride off of your nostalgia. Mm-hmm. Like, oh yeah, I recognize that character. And and yep. that's that's literally it. I mean, it's not even like trying to be an original story. It's It's literally the same movie, just live action with a couple mm-hmm. of scenes that don't add anything. Like, right. Like, take Aladdin, for example. There's that one really awkward scene with the genie and some girl. Oh, like the handmaiden lady? Yeah, the handmaiden. Oh, my God. That was so out of nowhere and not needed in anything. It doesn't add anything to the plot. No one watched the original Aladdin and said, they should give the genie a love interest. Like, that has never been a thing. Yeah, no. Yeah, no. And granted, it's Will Smith. So if someone's ever said, "I think we should give Will Smith a love interest," I'm totally on board for that. But like, <laughs> yeah. not not the genie. Yeah, no, 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 not at all. Um, yeah, yeah, I, but I don't. Yeah, the live action movie is are. I mean, I I think they had potential to be something good, but the direction that they're taking it is just not. And yeah, it's not I really like a they, good idea. Yeah, yeah, no. I mean, they they could try to fix their mistakes in future movies, but they probably they've won't. already ruined so many of them. Yeah. yeah. Quite frankly, it just doesn't seem like it's worth effort. But yeah. you know, it's Disney, I guess. Uh, I watched a video talking about it once. Uh, actually, no, I think it was a nostalgia critic, um, where he's saying like, if the money for these movies goes into more interesting projects, like Mandalorian season two or something if it goes into more Pixar movies or whatever, I, I guess we'll take them because quite frankly, they're not ruining the movie. 
uh, if I've noticed with every live action remake I've seen, every time I finish it, I want to watch the original more. Like <laughs> when I finish Mulan, I want to watch Mulan. When I finish Dumbo, I want to finish Dumbo or I want to watch Dumbo. Like it's just it's it's as if it's almost as if they're doing this as a monetization scheme to advertise uh, Disney Plus. Yeah, <laughs> which I mean, granted, is kind of brilliant if you think about it like that but i don't think that's why they do it yeah no i mean what what do you think about how they're charging people to watch mulan even Mm -hmm. though you're already paying for the service already i feel like there's a lot of misinformation going around with this and i also think people are getting a little too passionate too fast uh essentially it's buying the movie forever. Like, on your account. First of all, you gotta take it from the perspective that Disney needs to make money. And they but can't release the making money from the subscription account? They are, yeah. But if you released Mulan to it, you're not gonna get money from Mulan. You're gonna get money from Disney+. Plus. So they're not making a profit if they released it to that. If they released it straight to the, the streaming service, it's just gonna be another thing on the streaming service. But, and no, that's a that's a high budget movie. Like Mulan, I've heard is the most expensive film directed by a woman ever. Really? Yeah. Wow. So it's a big, big budget movie, and they're not going to make an invest or make money from that investment if they just released it straight to the service that they were already making money from. But kind of, yeah. you see, a lot of people went one once uh, the Mandalorian came out, got Disney Plus just so they could watch the Mandalorian, right? Wouldn't you say this could be the same thing for Mulan? Like, it's such a big deal that people would get the service just to watch that movie. Well, that would be the case maybe if it were Marvel. But I think that's too big of a risk for a live-action remake. Like, it's, it's, that's a huge risk. And, like, I think, I think Disney recognizes that they need some other way to make that money that isn't going to be just releasing it with other movies. Like, you don't want Mulan, this $200 million movie, to make us the same amount as Noel, the Christmas movie that came out straight to Disney+. Plus. Like, they're the equivalent, the amount they're going to make is going to be equivalent because they're on the same service, you know? Yeah. Like, I get why they need to charge it. And also, you have to, you have to understand, too, when you buy it, you keep it forever. So you can watch it as many times as you want. Now take this, take that and compare it to a theater experience, which is you spend $10 on a ticket to watch the movie once and you have to pay $10 again to watch it again. If Disney were paying, charging $30 every time you wanted to watch it, that would be scummy. That would be horrible. I think that would be like a no. But you're essentially buying the movie as if it were in theaters and you get to watch it forever. And you know, and everyone in your family gets to watch it so it's not like, oh, we all have to pay for a ticket individually. Anyone can watch it. Like, you can, any account can watch it. Everyone can come around. Like, you can gather as many people as, together as you want and watch it. I think it's a solid investment if you really want to watch the movie. And $30 is a little pricey, but the average 4K Blu-ray is $35. And people have never complained about the price of 4K Blu-rays. And this is essentially a 4K movie that you don't even need a physical copy for. So, I mean, I don't ever really see the problem. And I think people got a little passionate too fast. 
they're like, oh my gosh, you have to pay thirty dollars for a movie? Unacceptable. And I'm like, okay, guys, calm down. <laughs> you know? Yeah. I almost feel like people got a little passionate too fast. Yeah. Yeah, I, I see. I see what you're saying. But we uh, got a little on topic of the live action ones. Maybe we should focus on the animation. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Maybe a little bit. Uh, yeah. David, what are some of your favorite animated Disney movies? <clears throat> well, actually, oh, I have an idea. Yeah. Uh, what are your favorite animated Disney movies of the Walt era? Like the Walt era when he was alive. Basically, basically, hand drawn animation before Little Mermaid. We'll say that. Because there wasn't a lot of hand-drawn animation, like, uh, like there wasn't a lot in the '80s. So essentially, mm-hmm. the classic Disney animated movies. You know, like you, you'll, you'll know which ones, like your Cinderellas, your One Hundred and One Dalmatians, your Lady and the Tramps, uh, you know, Aristocats. If you if you're really into that, <laughs> what what are, what are some of your favorite of those movies? You know. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. essentially you know, like you know the disney renaissance movies right yeah yeah not those before that oh man those are so good though yeah right we'll go, we'll get to that when we get to that but what are some of your walt era movies your favorite movies from the walt disney era um you know i gotta say i gotta say bambi bambi I'm like, really i'm, I'm a big okay. bambi guy i i've never heard of a bambi guy so please explain <laughs> bambi or maybe jungle book Maybe Jungle well, go, go. Let's first discuss Bambi, then we'll discuss Jungle Book. Okay, okay, okay. Um, you know, I, 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 I remember watching Bambi as a kid and just feeling a lot of emotions from that movie. You know, it, it's, it's an emotional roller coaster in my, my mind. <laughs> I mean, not to spoil it. I mean, the movie almost came out. Yeah, it came out like a long time ago, like eighty years ago. So, right, I mean, if you haven't seen right. it, I don't. I don't. You've got here a little eighty years happen. too late, but yeah. whatever. Continue. <laughs> um, yeah, um, Bambi's dad dies. Um, and mom. And mom. And mom. Can't which, forget about the mom scene. Yeah, I know. I know. I know. Which you know is a big sad moment. Uh-huh. Um, you know, and as a little kid, I just I. I was very scared by that, you know. I, I was scared for Bambi. Bambi, I was scared myself, and it was it was just like it was a moment that I guess will never like you know leave me. You know, like watching that was just mm-hmm. so heavy for me. You know, and I think that goes for like any like parental death in a movie as a kid. Like take that movie or or Nemo. You know, like my dad oh, yeah. would always have to skip like the first five minutes because I didn't want to watch that scene. Like oh. it was just, it was too much for me. Like he would literally have to skip the scene because I just couldn't watch it. You know, I think my, my parents made them that for Nemo with me too. Yeah. It, it was just too much. Um, but the rest of the movie is fine. I mean, it. it You're right. It's not, I'm not crying the entire time. Yeah. No. 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 Um, yeah, I really like the movie. It's 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 a quality movie. It's it's a Walt Disney classic. I think. Connor, what do you think about Bambi? I have not seen Bambi in a long time, but I I appreciate it from an animation perspective because it's very like it's very um it's very like relaxed and very yeah. scenic. It takes a lot of long establishing shots of the landscape 
and you get to see a lot of nature and Disney or Walt Disney loved nature. So like I could totally see this being like something that was really close to him. And it, it takes like, I think you think you got to know about uh, old Disney movies. They didn't, they weren't really plot centric. Like what's, what's 101 Dalmatians about besides 101 Dalmatians? Like Uh, exactly. Like you don't remember the plots. In fact, really Bambi's plot isn't really even that nailed down. Like, there are all very few that are very plot heavy because back in the day, uh, dis- like animation was so interesting that people didn't even care what happened on screen. Like as long as it was animated, they loved it. And that was kind of like the mentality of a bunch of animated movies for a while that Disney did was they didn't need to be plot centric because they could just focus on the animation and seeing how pretty it is and how cool the characters are and such. So it wasn't really focused on plot. And Bambi is one of those prime examples. Like it is not that, plot centric it's very much just characters doing things and there's a lot of emotions in it there's a lot of nature there's a lot of feeling you know so i definitely if you grew up with this i I didn't really watch it that much it probably will mean a lot more to you than someone who didn't and i think uh yeah i think like it's a solid movie bambi bambi's pretty solid yeah um another movie that i just thought about that actually I enjoy more than Bambi. <gasps> yeah. Say it ain't so. Yeah. Is actually Alice in Wonderland. Oh, I, I love Alice in Wonderland. That's my favorite. Well, yeah, the, the original one. I, I, I think the remakes are a disgrace. Wait I a minute. You're them. saying you don't like Johnny Depp, Mad Hatter, pretty no. dancing? No. What? No. How dare you? No. I no. like my Alice in Wonderland movies with breakdancing Mad Hatters and <laughs> decapitated dragons. No. And if you don't if you don't like that, I'm sorry we can't be friends. <laughs> uh, go Alice, on, go on. Uh, Alice in Wonderland. Um No, I remember the first time I watched this movie. It was a really weird situation. Um let, let me explain. Let me explain. Sure. This was back when I lived in Illinois. Throwback Thursday. Yeah, throwback. And it may have been during the summer. I don't know. I didn't have school that day. I don't think it was a Saturday or a Sunday. Mm-hmm. Um, I felt like it was in the middle of the week. Um, I was. I felt like I was either six or seven years old. And my mom was sick. And my dad had work. And I was downstairs by myself. I don't really know who my brother was. He may have been upstairs. Mm-hmm. And I was just watching TV. I was watching Disney Channel. And I was, I was bored because I, I didn't know what to do. And Alice in Wonderland just came on. It was on Disney Channel and it just came on. And I was like, okay, this, this is a weird movie. Um, <laughs> but like right before it, right before it, there was a Mickey Mouse Clubhouse Alice in Wonderland kind of like special. Sure. Um, that I watched before it, which I also thought was a bit weird. And then this well, movie naturally. came on. And yeah, and this movie came on. And it was such a weird movie. And I loved it. It was like this girl that goes on this crazy adventure. And it was awesome. And, mm-hmm. and I, I it, it was just like this awesome musical adventure. It was like, I, it was almost like Annie, almost, to me, you know? It Annie was like, 2014. Annie 2014, you know? If you... 
if, if you guys know me at all, you know, I'm a sucker for, you know, musical movies and stuff, you know. And a is, sucker for Annie 2014. Yeah, 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 I'm a sucker for that movie. Um, but yeah, this movie is so weird, and I love it. I, I just love everything about it. I love the music. I love, I love the characters. I, I, love, I love the dialogue. It's just, it's just awesome. Really awesome movie. You know, that brings up an interesting idea that I that I haven't thought of in a while. But there were Disney had made musicals before the the nineties, but they weren't they didn't have musical numbers. Like they they weren't dan- there wasn't a lot of dancing, there wasn't a lot of like, you know, unrealistic reactions to songs, you know. Take Under the Sea from A Little Mermaid, where all of the different creatures are all singing and dancing, you know. It's this huge number. It's a big thing that wouldn't happen in real life. <clears throat> Excuse me. Then look at uh, Alice in Wonderland, where every song in that movie is either them singing to themselves or a story. Like, yeah. take Cinderella. The most iconic song from that scene is When You Wish Upon a Star. Or no, that's, that's Pinocchio. It's, it's, crap, I forgot what the song's called. Um, I forget what it's called. Well, regardless, she sings it when she's cleaning. Like, she's just singing it to herself. That's, and Bippity Boppity Boo is the closest thing they have to a musical number. And even then, it's just the fairy godmother singing it to Cinderella. It's not a musical number. Like, Disney didn't really do musical numbers. And <laughs> I, I didn't realize that. You, you, know, you associate Disney with being, like, silly musicals. But, like, they didn't really do that until the 90s. Most of their musical numbers were just kind of them singing to themselves, which is kind of interesting. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. I agree. Oh, it's gonna bug me what any of the song was from Cinderella. Oh well, <laughs> it uh, whatever. So um, it's it's on the tip of my tongue too. Whatever. Uh, okay. Alice in Wonderland. Alice in Wonderland is a really solid movie. I really enjoy it because I just love the imagination, and it was also one of Walt Disney's favorites too. Uh, he loved Alice in Wonderland, and uh, it's just a really bizarre, weird movie. That you know what? It, it's so what if it's not really that plot driven? It's just it's fun. Yeah, it's just so weird and imaginative. It's a good time. It's a good time. Uh, can right. you talk about some of your favorites? Sure. Well, like I said, Alice in Wonderland is probably my number one favorite. Uh, another one that stands out to me is Sleeping Beauty, where at first I used to hate this movie. For a long time, I hated it. But I rewatched it at some point when I got older. And it's, it's almost like it clicked with me. Like, I've never been a huge fan of the story of Cinderella. It's because it comes off as too cheesy to me. But... I don't think you spend enough time with Sleeping Beauty for it to get too cheesy. Like, Sleeping Beauty is 100% not Sleeping Beauty's movie. It's about the fairies, it's about Maleficent, it's about the prince. And, like, frankly, I just, I really enjoyed that. Like, it's not a masterpiece, but, like, it's one of those movies that it doesn't focus too much on that bland main character and focuses on more interesting side characters that I think kind of saved that movie. It still has, it's got solid music. It's got a lot of fun moments. And I, I say it's my favorite princess movie that came out before 1989, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, pretty solid. And another one, Peter Pan, also worth noting. Oh, yeah, I forgot about Peter Pan. That's a good one, too. Yeah, I forgot about it for a while, too. It dawned on me earlier. Like, it's a fun adventure movie. And I think it also has probably my favorite classic Disney song, which is, you know, you can fly, you can fly, you can fly. I forget what the name of the song is. But uh, that's probably my favorite classic Disney song. Though, 
I haven't really ranked them, so I could be wrong. <laughs> but it's one of my favorites. And it's just a fun adventure movie. It's very simple, as most Disney movies are from that era. But it's a pretty solid film. Yeah. Good stuff, uh, good stuff. Now the more meaty topic. Let's go into the 90s. The Disney Renaissance. This was what was considered the best period. And it came off of the worst period. The 80s were pretty bad for Disney because that was the time when they were start like right when Walt Disney died in in the 70s like I believe it was, I forget which year it was. Actually it might have been 1969. Yeah, I think it was or, the 60s. Well, regardless when Walt Disney died, Disney was desperate to get uh was was desperate to find more Disney movies that felt like Disney, you know? So what they did was they started taking scraps of movies that Walt Disney was working on, right? That was when you got Aristocats and The Great Mouse Detective and uh, Fox and the Hound. Like, we, don't talk, we didn't talk about those movies because they're not that amazing. They're okay, but they're not that amazing. And that was like an era when, uh, when it was, they were just trying to pick up whatever movies Walt Disney was working on before he died. Then they ran out and they had to do an original movie. And so they did The Black Cauldron. That movie bombed really bad and is not that great. It's okay, but it's not that great a movie. And once that movie bombed, Disney was really afraid to touch animation. So they did a bunch of live action stuff. There's a bunch of live action Disney movies from the 80s. That's like, that's basically all that filler fluff on Disney Plus is all their 80s stuff. <laughs> uh, like, it's, there was not a lot going on in the 80s. Give us an example. Call of examples of movies. Uh, off the top of my head, um, crap. Like, I, I, I guess I haven't really memorized them because, quite frankly, I haven't watched a lot of them. Mm-hmm. But, like, there are a couple classics. I mean, The Parent Trap came out in the 80s. That's, a, that's what's considered a Disney classic. Oh, People do like that one. Uh, Freaky Friday, I believe, came out in the 80s as well. Uh, there's Advent- the original one. There's a remake of it, too. Adventures in Babysitting. Um, Adventures in Babysitting. I was about to say that. Yeah, that was the 80s, too. There are a bunch of classics there, but there were a lot of them, is what I'm trying to say. Tron, that's one of them. Uh, Tron Legacy. No, regular Tron. Regular Tron Legacy. Tron. There are a bunch of 80s movies that that was basically what they did instead of animation. Until 1989, when the Disney Renaissance was kicked off with Little Mermaid. That was when they, they took one more risk with animation, dipped into it. It was super financially successful, and it was the most successful movie they'd ever done at the time. And then they released Aladdin, and then they released uh, Beauty and the Beast, and then they released Lion King, where it kept upping itself. And that's when people decided, yep, this is definitely a Disney renaissance. So there were 10 movies in the Disney renaissance. And David, what are some of your favorites? Oh, Connor, I think you already know. My oh, yeah, favorite. of course. His favorite uh, is Rescuers Down Under, uh-huh. 1991. Yep. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, actually, maybe 1990. But no, this, David's favorite is Lion King. <laughs> yeah. yeah, just in case you didn't catch it. <laughs> yeah, I talked about this earlier in the very first episode. We talked about our favorite movies of mm-hmm. all time, and it still stands strong as being, being my favorite movie, Lion King. Oh my god, I love Lion King so much. And I have such a strong connection to it not only just like loving the story, the characters, the plot, but I was also in the in the um in a play of the Lion King. And I think that just like strengthened my my connection to that 
movie. And I, I just I just love everything about it. I it's just it's absolutely incredible. The the scenes, the scenery in the movie is absolutely beautiful. Scenes of Africa. Oh my god, it's just it's amazing. It looks stunning. The music. Oh my god, don't give me even don't get me started on the music. Don't you get me started on the Don't get me started on the on the Elton John. Oh my god. So good. So good. So good. I could go on and on. I we could have a podcast just where I talk about the Lion King. Yeah, I was very close to doing an episode where we just talk about the live action one, and then we'll do like the first half of the episode be on the, the original, the second half being on live action. <laughs> oh my but I think God. I think we're just gonna simplify it to the, just the live actions. But yeah. we could have. Yeah. <laughs> oh my God, Lion King is just—it's so good. I mean, I haven't seen it in a while, actually. I need to I need to rewatch that movie. It's... Up ding. Someone's losing their favorite movie as Lion King. I Carter. am not. I am not. <laughs> oh, such a good movie. Such mm-hmm. a good movie, Connor. Whew. Okay. Um, do you want to talk about it a little bit? Sure. I rewatched it very recently. Uh, I watched it with my friend over a call. Uh, and it holds up like good. Like Lion King reminds me in a sense, uh, reminds me of a couple other uh, Disney movies. Like the one of them that reminds me the most of is uh, Nightmare Before Christmas in the sense that it's a, it's, it's almost like a modern day fairy tale. It has this, it has this out, this feeling of like magic to it. Like this is a story that's been passed down from person to person to person. It has such a like regal sense to it. Well, on the one hand, I feel, I feel uh, Nightmare Before Christmas seems more, like, fantastical. Like, it's something that would be told in the storybook. While Lion King feels like a legend. Like, this is something that, like, means a lot to a lot of people and has changed over time to, like, you know, to adapt to the audiences, you know? To the, the people listening. It feels very personal. It feels very big. And it's just a beautiful movie. Like, the visuals are incredible. I love the music. I love the... Like, I love the scope. And it has probably one of my favorite lessons from any Disney movie in it, too. Like, Rafiki's speech about, like, running from the past or learning from the past. Great. I love that scene. It's really funny. And I love Rafiki. He's probably my favorite character in that movie. (laughs) Uh, But honestly, like, it's just a really solid movie that has, like, it's just really beautifully done. It's clearly made with a lot of love and respect. There's a lot of, like, interesting like ideas they tackle and i mean it's not perfect in my opinion but that shouldn't be like a takeaway like it's such a good movie it's beautiful it's well acted it's well written it's it has great music and it's a really solid movie yeah 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 any other uh, yeah funny the disney renaissance was such a good era yeah um, my favorite disney renaissance movie is not actually Lion King, funny enough. But just barely edging it out is one that I don't hear as many people talk about. That is The Hunchback of Notre Dame. Ooh, I thought you were going to say Tarzan. Tarzan's great. Tarzan's really good. But Hunchback of Notre Dame is not talked about so much. But I kind of get why. Because it is so dark. It is easily the darkest Disney movie of that era. They don't hold anything back. That's like one of the few movies that seems to imply that sex exists in the Disney universe. Like, oh, they do it a lot. Like, 
it is very dark. It is very like very uh like uh I'm trying to think of the word, but like eerie. It's very like it's very bizarre. Like it seems like a movie that was not meant to be made as a Disney movie, but they added those gargoyles in. We're just like it's a Disney movie now, but like it's really well done. It has a great message about acceptance and like respecting one another. It's got beautiful music and it's got beautiful landscapes. The villain in this movie is was the last time that I feel like Disney had a legitimately amazing villain. I mean, I like the villains in Tarzan and uh, Mulan, but they aren't amazing villains. Uh, freaking Frollo is amazing. Uh, it's got like this gothic atmosphere to it that's really nice. It's really well animated. And I mean, it's just a really well done movie. If you haven't watched it in a while, you'll be surprised how dark it is. <laughs> like, you're yeah, you're going like, how did they get away with this at a G rating? <laughs> it's crazy. But it's a really solid movie. Really yeah. solid. But it is. But it is. I haven't seen it in a while. No worries. No worries. Check it out. Yeah. Uh, so we feel like we should note, of course, Aladdin. David, would you like to talk, uh, talk a little bit about uh, Aladdin? Yes. Aladdin. Because, I mean, we, we mentioned it before, and I feel like if we don't mention it, someone's going to be, like, someone out there listening is going to be like, oh, they didn't like Aladdin? Yeah. Um, no, Aladdin's a classic. Yeah, Aladdin is a classic. Um, man. Um, so... It's exhausting talking about Aladdin. <laughs> yeah. I've been I'm, trying, I'm trying really hard not to mention Will Smith. <clears throat> oh, my God. Will Smith as the genie. <laughs> Um, you know, Will Smith, it's not Will Smith, Aladdin is... is I told those... you, it's really hard to resist talking about Will Smith when talking about Aladdin. <laughs> no, because I'm about to talk about the genie right now, but not Will Smith. <laughs> about, about Robin Williams as a genie. You know, you know, when you think about Aladdin, the first thing that comes to your mind is the genie. And how he's able to transform into all these crazy different things. Like during like while he's talking or Mm -hmm. just moving around and stuff and it's it's so iconic and his voice is so iconic and i I think i think that's really what what carries aladdin you know like the story is great yes the animation is great everything about it's great but i think the, the 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 capstone the cherry on top the creme de la creme the creme de la creme is genie he he really makes the movie and it was he's so different and it's such a risk and it cannot be replicated exactly yeah. his voice cannot be replicated they tried to replicate it with they will tried smith, but like smith. no it's just yeah. will smith <laughs> yeah um yeah will smith does it totally different it's a totally different genie it's just not the same it can't be replicated properly and i know they tried but it doesn't work it just doesn't work, and and it's just it's it's an absolutely incredible movie. Mm-hmm. I, I all the references they make, it's just it's funny. It's 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 a really it's a really fun time. Aladdin is just a really fun time. The the score is absolutely incredible. Fun fact: A Whole New World is my parents' um, wedding song. Nice. Yep, yep, yep. Um, my, if I remember correctly. Uh... I think my parents might have used the Imperial March from Star Wars as their oh as the song, God. which so I mean, <laughs> like we're nerds. What can we say? I'm just like, <laughs> this is funny. Uh, 
if I remember correctly, which it could be, I could theoretically be wrong. That's such a weird wedding song. Like, I mean, it's not you, like dance they, to they, that. No, it wasn't dancing. It was when they were walking in, like you know, like once, like they walk into like the 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 hall, you know, like the main like oh, yeah, yeah. area, you know. It was a song they like hyped up when you were walking in, you know. Yeah, that's that's also just a really weird song. To yeah, right. It's funny. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, everything about Aladdin is is great. It's it's really awesome movie. Really awesome. Oh yeah, really classic movie. Really funny. It's got beautiful animation. It's got great characters. What can you yeah. or like? What's there not to love? Exactly. Also, the first time the prince was actually interesting. Yeah, <laughs> like you right. know the the boy love interest. Mm-hmm. Which is which is pretty progressive when you think about it. As every Disney movie starred a girl, and the main guy character was boring. Yeah. Like that, this, these movies came out in the fifties, dude. This was back when women were not really all that interesting to yeah. to men, you know. Yeah, I, that that sounded a little worse than I meant. I mean, like you know, it was the fifties. Women yeah, were still, true. yeah, women weren't clearly weren't in the roles that you would expect them to be. This was a little little progressive, actually. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But anyways, uh, yeah, Aladdin's great. Uh, also, some standouts to me: Tarzan, fantastic movie. If you haven't watched it in a while, still really solid. Yeah. Uh, yeah. We could talk about uh, what's it called? Um, Mulan, classic. Mulan's also good. Mulan's really also well good. done. Beauty and the Beast. Yeah. Be- yeah. Sorry. All, all these, all these great movies. All these great movies. Beauty and the Beast was the first animated film to ever be nominated for Best Picture. Wow. Uh, yep. Fun fact for you, and it also got a ten-minute standing ovation at its premiere. Which wow. is ten minutes of clapping. That's crazy. It's considered a classic. I, I agree. Very solid film. Uh, yep. Little Little Mermaid, very well done as well. Uh, it took me. I had a little bit of bias. This is a kid because it was another one of those princess movies, and I was like, "Ugh, girls." But like, <laughs> like it's still like it's a pretty solid. movie. I've grown up, and I expected more. Yeah, it's a good movie. It's a good movie. And uh, now, real, now, one Carter. last thing before I go. One last thing. One last okay, thing. Okay. Okay. Uh, there was a movie that came out in the 90s that's not considered a Disney Renaissance film because technically it was not owned by Disney at the time of its release. But Nightmare Before Christmas, my favorite animated film of all time behind Spider-Verse, favorite Disney movie ever, amazing movie. So I wanted to bring it up. It's a good movie. It's a good movie. But keep going. Uh, no, I can't. I see the conversation winding down. Well, no, we got, we got a whole era to go. I know, I know, I know. I, I'm saying we should move on to the next one. Oh, of course, of course. Sorry, I thought you were saying like it's time to end the end the podcast. No, no. I'm like, uh, the 2000s, dude. No, no. I mean, we should, we okay. should move on to the next. Yes, right. That's what I was gonna say. 2000s. This was post Renaissance, but before Princess and the Frog. There were a couple movies here. Uh, this is this was kind of considered Disney's dark period, but not necessarily of quality, but in terms of money, because Disney Renaissance made a butt ton of money, but the 2000s really didn't. Like, this was when, like, you got a couple of financially successful movies, like Dinosaur was pretty successful, and Lilo and Stitch was successful, but pretty much everything else that came out in this era did not do well. We're talking Treasure Planet, we're talking Brother Bear, we're talking uh, Meet the Robinsons, Bolt. Oh, Meet the Robinsons Uh, is so good! Well, let's talk about Meet the Robinsons then. Go ahead. Okay. For some reason, Connor does not like this movie. It's, I don't like Meet the Robinsons at all. I don't know why he doesn't like it. It's it's, it's such a good movie. It's okay. I don't know. Maybe maybe it's because I'm biased towards it because I would watch it as a kid. Frankly, you know, like, I I have biased movies too, so that I'm yeah. not blaming you. Yeah, a lot of those like early two thousands movies, like those are the movies that I grew up with, and I. I it's almost keep... like we were raised in the early two thousands. <laughs> yeah. Almost. 
almost almost it's just these these movies man it's though they might not be the best in in quality i just have a connection to them like meet the robinsons bolt chicken little you know those movies aren't really like revered as being great movies but i have a connection to them i just i really like them for what they are they have have Mm -hmm. fun characters fun lovable characters and i just can't hate i can't i really can't can't hate them yeah um I guess I'll, I'll tell you a quick thoughts on why I don't like Meet the Robinsons. Something real small. Essentially, it's the same reason why I never was really interested in the in the show The Jetsons. Like, I don't like tacky future stuff. I don't like when the ships go <laughs> as they move. I don't. I don't like. I don't like. That's the weird... you don't like it. Well, no, I'm just saying. No, 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 no. I'm saying no. Listen, listen, listen. <laughs> I'm saying I've never been drawn in by the weird future and i've never been a fan of time travel unless it's done very well and i think meet the robinsons just does not click with me like it's about time travel and it's about like i guess the family aspect's not that bad i do like that idea that there's like all this future family that like loves you regardless because you're a member of the family but it's just kind of comes off as tacky it's it's lame (laughs) like in my opinion, like Meet the Robinsons is like the most ridiculously tacky. That's the that's the word I can use. It's just tacky. <laughs> like that's all I can say. It's 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 as if this seems like not it doesn't seem like a Disney movie. This seems like the pilot to an unaired TV show. Like it's just <laughs> lame. <laughs> Granted, I mean, if you have like a if you have a nostalgic connection to it, I'm not gonna bash you. Obviously, I'll appreciate. I appreciate that you appreciate it, you know. But for me, it's just so lame. And I mean, I'll let you. I'm not. I'm not blameless here. Like I was also raised in the early 2000s, except my movie was Home on the Range. People despise Home on the Range, but I like Home on the Range a lot. Like it's it's silly and yeah, it's silly and dumb. But like I was, I grew up on it. I'm like, dude, this is my thing. Same thing with Dinosaur. I like Dinosaur a lot. Dinosaur was a classic. Yeah, like they're not good movies, but they're solid movies. Yeah. Yeah. And I, th- I think, in my opinion, there was really only one truly, or two, two truly fantastic or 2000s Disney movies. But only, there were only two that I feel were of in any way redeemable. And in fact, were on the same level as some of those Renaissance movies. Those two being. Lilo and Stitch and Emperor's New Groove. In my opinion, those two movies are absolutely great and I think are the ones that kind of stand out. Like, I like Home on the Range and such, but they're not great. But these two are great, like, truly. What are your thoughts on those two movies? Yeah, I mean, Lilo and Stitch is is great. I love Lilo and Stitch. I love the music. I love love David. 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 (laughs) (laughs) I love that. It's just like... Of all the characters to pick out, it's David, the yeah. the, the guy who has your name. <laughs> yeah. Which, to be fair, granted, if there was a character named Connor in a Disney movie, it probably would have been my favorite too. Yeah, he yeah, probably yeah. would have been my favorite. Yeah, my boy David. You know, can't can't miss <laughs> him. Can't miss him. He's a cool guy. He he can yeah. breathe fire. Yeah, and he could surf. <laughs> yeah, he's a surfer, dude. I love yeah. the writing in Lilo and Stitch, dude. Like, <laughs> I just wanted to bring that up because you mentioned the fire breathing. 
Um, there's a line when David's all at, covered in ash and goes to Lilo, and uh, Lilo's like, "She likes you. I know. I read her diary. She likes your button fancy hair." And then David just David just responds with, "She thinks my hair is fancy." <laughs> I don't know why it's just so good. I love the writing. I love Lilo. She's hilarious. It's such a good movie. Yeah, it's 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 awesome. It's an awesome movie. Um, kind of talking about Lilo and Stitch, kind of like branching off of it a little bit. Wasn't there like a Lilo and Stitch show? There was actually. Uh, I don't know much about it, and there was also a bunch of sequels. Uh, essentially, I think one of the sequels confirmed that like. Jamba had like a bunch of different creations that weren't just Stitch. You know, he's Experiment Six Two Six, so there must have been like Experiment Six Two Five and Six Two Four, like that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And apparently, they all were on the loose, so Lilo and Stitch had to go catch them. Catch them, you know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Maybe they were inspired a bit by Pokemon because Pokemon was pretty popular at the time. Uh, <laughs> I don't know, maybe a little bit. Uh, but one thing's for sure is that there was a show, and I don't know much about it. Yeah, no. Anyways, Emperor's yep. New Groove. Um, Emperor's New Groove is hilarious. Yeah, it's a really funny movie. <laughs> Can I even, do you want to talk about it? Can I talk about sure, talk about it a little bit. Fun fact, it was originally going to be an adaptation of Prince and the Pauper. Uh, but after a lot of rework, they realized there have been so many parodies of Prince and the Pauper that I don't think Disney's going to add anything. So they just went full on comedy and did the most ridiculous thing they could think of, which was this. And I think I just love the sense of humor. Like, it's totally me. Like, my kind of sense of humor. Like, this weird, like, half meta, half, like, on the nose kind of thing. Where, like, the, the movie knows it's a movie. And makes fun of itself. And makes fun of, like, the, the problems with the movie. It makes fun of, when it gets too sentimental, it makes fun of itself. If it gets too silly, it even makes fun of itself. It's so, like, bizarre. And I, I think, like, out of left field for Disney. Because Disney did comedies. Like, this was the time where they had more comedies. Like, you got, you know, Home on the Range is completely a comedy. And Lilo and Stitch had a lot of comedic elements. This was, like, the first time Disney was doing full-on comedy. And, like, I think Emperor's New Groove is just, like, the encapsulation of how ridiculous it could get. It's so bizarre and weird. And I, I remember rewatching it, and I'm just like, it gets funnier every time. I, I don't understand how it's possible. Like yeah. Kuzco's great, Kronk's great, Yzma's great, like, and the great cast too. I don't know, it's a great movie, great movie. Yeah, it's a really fun movie, really fun. What are it's some fun. other like? What's another one that stands out to you? Because I mean, you mentioned Meet the Robinsons. Uh, what other movies from this era were like your ones that were close to you? Um. Well, we got you know Chicken Little. Chicken, Chicken Little. Little. Chicken Not Little. a good movie, but it's a movie Not that a movie, I, but... I was raised on, so I'm like, whatever. Yeah, I mean, the animation is. From very bad. Yeah, not good. <laughs> yeah, not good. Uh, but I, ch- I feel like I have a connection to the movie. You know, it's I could I relate to the characters. Um, I mean, I mean, yeah. I mean, it's one of those movies that's like I don't really know what good I can say about it because it wasn't that good. But I just can't hate it at the same time. Yeah, right. Else. Like it's not good, but like I mean, it's also like we were raised on it, so. Yeah, so I don't really want to say anything bad about it, but I also don't have much to just say good about it either. Mm, that's all right. That sounds about right. I, that's basically what I can say too. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then, uh, uh, so do you want to talk about like the like the late or like the two thousand tens? Yeah, once twenty ten happened and we got Lady in the or not Lady, ha, 
Princess and the Frog. I think it was about the time when that was when Disney started doing good again. And then they started doing really good because uh, you had 20, I believe it was 2012 we got Wreck-It Ralph. And then Frozen in 2013. And then Disney started doing really good. Like Disney started making absurdly large amounts of money. They did Big Hero 6. They did more Frozen. You got Frozen 2 and Frozen uh, shorts all over the place. Mm-hmm. You got Zootopia. You got Moana. You got like all kinds of Disney movies. Forget what movie, Disney movie came out in 2015. There was one. Um, crap. I know there's two Pixar movies, but maybe there were no Disney movies in 2015. Anyways, there's a lot of Disney movies, I'm trying to say. Like, they started doing really well in the 2000s, and they're still going strong today. I mean, uh, Frozen 2 is now the highest grossing uh, animated film of all time, I believe. Wow. Yeah, I think it just beat out Minions. And the Minions 2, The Rise of Gru. Minions 2, The Rise of Gru is going to be the greatest film of 2021. That's all I have to say. <laughs> Anyways, D- David, of the modern era Disney movies, which one is the best in your opinion? Um, um, dang. Or maybe not which one's the best. Which one do you want to talk about? Uh, let's see. Let's see. Um, a lot of them are um, there are a lot of remakes in this era. I must say this is this is when like most of the remakes, the live action remakes. But there are a lot of animations still. Yeah, yeah. Um, oh man, let me think. Do you want to start? Because I can't. I can't think. <laughs> sure. Uh, Mars Needs Moms came out, and that is the greatest oh, film of all time. Yeah, it's weird because like Disney, Disney was doing really good, but in 2011 they created the biggest financial bomb in cinema history with uh, Mars Needs Moms because it had an absurdly large budget and made nothing. No one saw this movie. I saw, and it. Uh, yeah, I saw it too. Actually, no, I didn't. I bought it on Blu-ray later on and watched it, but for good reason. This movie is awful. The is easily the worst Disney movie ever created. There's nothing that has touched the bottom of the barrel like this movie. Like, say what you will about Ralph Breaks the Internet with all its internet references. It is not the lowest place you could go. Like, say what you will about Chicken Little. At least it's not the ugliest thing Disney's made. Like, say what you want about, like, Pocahontas and how, like, most it's kind of a boring movie and, like, how, like, even though it's inclusive, it kind of does come off as a little racist in some areas. At the very least, it's not Mars Needs Moms. Like, it is so ugly. It is so, like, ridiculous. It's so needless. It's so evil. Like, this thing is, it's like a demon born of Disney to suck money out of Disney. And, like, it's just gross and ugly and weird. Yeah. The best way I can describe it, it's like you have a family reunion with all your favorite family members. Like all the Disney movies are your favorite family members. And then your weird cousin comes up who's just a jerk all the time and like, you know, goes around making fun of his family members and causing trouble. That is Mars Needs Moms. It's the gross little kid who makes everything worse of the Disney canon. It's yeah. weird, dude. It's weird. It's... Big, big butt aliens. Big butt aliens. Yeah. Yeah, it's, yeah, I don't think kind of can fit it better. <laughs> Mars Needs Moms it needs a ride at Disney World. It's it really does. It it's, needs... 
Mars Needs a Ride. Yeah, Mars Needs a Ride. We can talk about good movies. There's plenty of good ones. Yeah, yeah. Um, I know a personal favorite of yours, Inside Out. Inside Out's Pixar, though. Oh, we're yeah. going to stay a little away from Pixar, but I love Inside Out. One of my favorites. I forgot that was Pixar. My it's bad, guys. My bad. Here, I can I can start you off. Do you want to talk about uh, Princess and the Frog? Oh, yes. That's a good movie. It's it's The like... last. One of the last hand-drawn. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know why they stopped doing that. I, I like the hand-drawn. I, I think... I don't remember if... Princess and the Frog did that great, oh. and I think and I think Wreck and Ralph did better. Okay, in 2012, I think that might have been why. Okay, okay, um, yeah, I mean it's 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 your classic Disney princess movie, but it takes a bit of a different spin on it, you know. Um, it takes place in New Orleans, so uh-huh. I, 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 that's pretty cool actually, because you know a lot of Disney movies don't actually take place in America. Mm-hmm. It's um, all European countries. Yeah, it's all European countries. It's a bit weird. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I, I like the change of setting. Um, I like the characters. Very interesting. I like Tiana. I like the dude. I, I think... I think <laughs> the dude. The, the dude. Uh, his name is Naveen. Yeah, Prince Naveen. Um, of Maldonia. Yeah, I mean, which is weird is, you know, normally Disney characters, when it comes to Disney characters, they normally focus on, like, the male lead or the female lead, but with this one, they focus on both. Yeah, right. It's almost like they wanted to make a relationship. <laughs> like, what? Yeah. It's I mean, so crazy. <laughs> yeah, it's like one of the first actual, like, relationships in a Disney movie. And you actually mm-hmm. see it, like, develop and stuff. And it's, it's just really cool. It's really cool mm-hmm. to see that. Um, and, and you see that, like, Tiana actually likes the dude for Sometimes. who he is. I mean, so, yeah, but by the end, it, took, by the it end. took time. It took time. Yeah, but yeah. by the end, she finally realized that she actually likes him for who he is, if he's a frog or not, you know? Because mm-hmm. she was going to marry him as a frog when mm-hmm. she was a frog. You're right. You know? Accept people for who they are, you know? Mm-hmm. That's pretty awesome. I really like the movie. It's fun. It's a fun time. Really good music, too. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Definitely, definitely. It's a good, it's a good, it's a good time. One of the most underappreciated background scores of any Disney movie. I yeah. love the New Orleans music. Honestly, it's great. Honestly. Um, any last movies you want to talk about, Connor? Yeah, I think we should talk about Wreck-It Ralph. Okay. Because Wreck-It Ralph's really good. Uh, I mean, granted, Wreck-It Ralph's one of those movies that I think is gonna hit is gonna hit harder depend on depending on the person. Like, it's a it, first of all, I mean, it's a very video game centric movie. So if you if you appreciate video games, you can appreciate it a little bit, like a little bit more than the casual viewer. But I love like that scene, like the little speech that Ralph has at the end, and that idea of like transcending who you expect yourself to be and being someone you want to be. Like I like that, and I think they handle like they handle this message in a really unique way, and. I think it's just a really solid movie. It's really creative. It's really fun. It's really well written. And I think like it's probably my favorite of the modern Disney movies just because like it does hit so hard. It's such a like emotional, like emotionally driven movie and really fun, really funny. I like mm-hmm. it. Good good film. It is a good film. It is mm-hmm. a good film and the sequel, I feel like, isn't as good. Isn't as that's not. It's as not as good. I agree, but I don't hate it. I actually think it's a, a decent movie. Yeah, it's not bad. It's not bad. Though, granted, 
the close i feel like D- disney should not be trying to get this close to the emoji movie like oh stay stay as far away from that movie as possible don't don't try <laughs> and touch it yeah yeah but you know it it's it's not the worst attempt they've had at trying to access you know try to you know pander to kids mm-hmm. and it definitely understands the internet better than uh better than emoji movie did <laughs> yeah but we're yeah. not here to talk about the emoji movie screw that movie yeah we're not gonna talk about that um so we've of... made it through all the eras yeah yeah we did we did and took a while yeah but i think we can simplify simply say david what do you think of disney do you think they've overall been successful are you optimistic for the future what are your thoughts on disney animation not I pixar think, i think disney overall has been pretty successful you know, they've had some rough patches, but I think overall they're they're coming back. They're coming back stronger than ever. And as long as they make movies that aren't the live action remakes, and I'm fearful that a lot of them are, I think they could potentially be successful. But if they don't realize that people really don't like these movies, I, I think they're headed in a very bad direction but they have potential to do really well because they can either make these movies actually good or make original movies which I hope they do because I like to see more original movies that aren't just remakes and reboots and sequels and prequels Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. yeah basically that Disney you do a lot of good and I'm very proud of your progress I'm glad you've grown up but it's time to keep doing animated movies because stop with this live action stuff. Stop it. You know? Yeah. Okay. Definitely. Disney. Am I right or am I right? <laughs> right. So that is it for our main discussion. Let's go into some suggestions for the upcoming week of things we did last week that you guys should do this week. Yep, 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 yep. David, how many do you, you have? I have two. Ugh. David. I know. I know. I I okay. I was super, super busy with school. Well, guys, so was I, week. and I got three. You. Um, I, I know. I'm sorry. 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 Shame. Okay. Everyone, shun David. Okay. Go to the go to the Instagram post and just shame David. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Um, I'm sorry. So I have I have a movie and a show. Cool. So. I'm going to start with my show, because if you guys have been keeping up, you guys know what I'm going to probably be talking about. And surprise, surprise, I it's One Piece, but I am not stopping One Piece quite yet, because I reached a point Because David's I, an addict, and he cannot I, let it go. I'm not an addict, it's just the show got really good again, and I, I kind of want to keep watching. So I'm going to keep watching. And once I get bored, I will switch it up. But for now, you guys are joining me in my journey of One Piece. Let's get a bit into it. So where I am right now, the crew, they're... The Gucci gang? The Gucci gang. So like I said last time, the crew has been split up. Um, So Luffy, the main main guy, the main pirate, he's like... He, he, he ends up, for some reason, I think it's really dumb, he gets a tattoo on his arm that says 3D2Y, which means 
Okay, so the crew, after they split up, they are originally supposed to meet up in three days. But because of the war that I mentioned, that didn't happen. And Luffy realized how weak he was. Also, his crew was also really weak. So he was like, okay, I need to take some time to train. So the 2Y means two years, meaning that they're taking two years to focus on themselves and to train a little bit. So two years go by, time skip. You see the crew now, they're two years older, they're more mature, and you, you see them in a different lighting, you know? And they, they, they're relatively the same characters, you know? Like, their personality is basically the same. But they're a lot stronger. And they also introduce new elements into the show um, that are really cool. Um, and so where I am right now, the crew goes to this place called Fishman Island, where there's a bunch of fish people and mermaids and stuff like that. And it's really awesome. It's really awesome. I'm, I'm enjoying it. I'm enjoying it. Um, I'll let you guys know what I think probably by next Sunday because that's probably when I'm going to finish it. Because he's probably an addict. I'm not an addict. There's only 50 <laughs> episodes, Connor. It's not even that much. There's only 920 million bajillion episodes. Uh, no, only 937. Well. And I'm, and I'm over 500 episodes in. I'm 534 episodes in. Oh, what? Only 400 bajillion more to go? Yeah, not that much. Not that much. Um, I, I should be able to finish One Piece if I don't stop by the end of the year. Maybe. 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 If I'm, if I'm lucky. But anyway. Yeah. My yeah, movie. If, yeah, yeah, yeah. Your movie. Um, I did not mark this movie on Metabox Connor because oh. I... Oh, yeah. So you, you didn't see it. You don't even know I watched it. Shame. Oh, I'm gonna mark it. That's a joke. I don't care. It's fine. Um, this movie is seven. Seven. Oh, nice. Seven with uh Morgan Freeman and Brad Pitt. What's in the box? What's in the box? What's in the box? What's in the box? Oh man. Um, I'm not gonna spoil anything, guys. Cause I'm not. I'm not that kind of person. That I mean, I do spoil, but I'll let you guys know if I'm gonna spoil it. I'm not gonna spoil this movie because I know a lot of people haven't seen it. Kind of. I haven't. Seen I haven't seen it. No. Kind of hasn't seen it, so I'm not gonna spoil. I'm working anything. on it. I'm not going to spoil anything. Um, so basically, I'm going to give you a premise of what the movie's about. Though so, I actually do. I do know what's actually in the box. I got that spoiled for me. Womp, I'm not, not going to let the view listeners. Yeah, listen. Yeah, I'm not going to say box. Um, So this movie is about these two detectives, um, Morgan Freeman, who's the retired detective, or he's going to retire soon, and the new detective, Brad Pitt, who is going to take over his position. Right. And so they have to go in this one final case which is um, based off of the seven deadly sins. Um, so there are seven murders that all correlate with seven deadly sins, and they have to solve what exactly is going on. Um, so that's basically what the movie's about. Um, it's, it's, a, it's a crime drama movie. Uh, crime drama movie. Yeah, I mean, it, it's, it's a good time. Uh, you should definitely watch it. Uh, you can watch it with your boys, watch it by yourself. This is just a good time. Good time. I highly recommend watching it. Um, I don't think it's on any streaming services. No. Uh, so you have to find it elsewhere. Uh, directed by David Fincher. Yes. Fight, Fight Club and Social Network. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Woo! Okay. All right. I've got three because I'm not a bum like David. Sorry. <laughs> I've got a, a movie, a song, and a show. 
Uh, we'll start with the movie. So I actually didn't really watch a lot of movies this week. I tried, but I kind of just kept missing days. <laughs> there was a day I finished Avatar. There was a day I just didn't watch a movie that night. So I've kind of been missing out. But I did watch a couple things. And one of the ones I rewatched, because I ordered a couple Blu-rays this week, uh, I rewatched The Good, The Bad, and The Ugly, directed, or directed by Sergio Leone, or Leone, I'm not sure, 1966. So, you know, it's a Western, so Westerns are very divisive. Like, on the one hand, they can be, like, they're really cool to some people. Like, to me, I love Westerns. They're really cool. They have, like, this cool sense of style, really well-directed and such. But a lot of people find that stuff really lame. So it really just comes down to your preferences. And I really like Good, Bad, and the Ugly. I think this is the best example of a Western. It has really twisted characters. It's got a really complicated story that's, like, on the same time, kind of hard to follow, but at the same time, easy to follow. It works kind of both ways. It's got cool action. It's got great characters. It's got a bunch of great lines. It's three hours long, so you kind of have to prepare for it. But if you're ready to watch a three-hour movie, it's totally worth it. It's really cool. It's just, it's one of those movies, like, it's considered a classic and for good reason. Because, like, it's so cool. Like, Clint Eastwood is kind of the embodiment of cool. And in this movie shines. It's a great movie. Also, that seems uh, like a monkey song. Uh, well, it's Clint feel. It's, oh, Clint Eastwood is a monkey song, yes. And Dirty Harry is a Clint Eastwood movie, which is another monkey song. Yeah, gor- gorillas really like Clint Eastwood for some reason. Uh, yeah, so really solid movie. And Clint Eastwood's a good actor, and Clint Eastwood's a good song. Okay. Next is a song, but it's not a monkey song. So I've turned not? 18. No, it's not. I've turned 18. I'm old now. Ah, uh, you and, old fart. Right, I'm an old fart. I, that's why I'm watching movies from 1966. Uh, I'm old. And I've been reminiscing. Not like, and then this is in all seriousness. I've been getting older, and I'm just... I'm worried about, you know, like having to drop that whole childish, you know, not having responsibility. And I know any dime now I need to start like actually being meaningful, you know, like with all the school and college applications and stuff and all the things going on, it just becomes like a lot, you know, and there's a song to me that totally captures that feeling, though, in a much more extreme example. And that is Brian Adams, Summer of 69. I added to my playlist recently. I've listened to it a lot, but I only recently added it to my playlist. And something just about that feeling of reminiscing and being like, man, there were all those times that, yeah, all the stuff we did was kind of pointless in the long run, but I would love to be back there again because it was just, we didn't worry about anything. And, you know, getting older and letting all this, like letting life sink in, that's a really touching sentiment and it means a lot, you know? Like, I've just, I've been looking back, not to the summer of 69, maybe the summer of 14, 15, you know, just being like, man, those were the best days of my life, you know, (laughs) a really solid song. And I've just been thinking about it a lot. I mean, I'm not like old yet. I just turned 18. I'm not paying taxes yet. He's about like, to. <laughs> well, okay. I'm not. I'm not paying taxes because I'm not in my own house. I'm not. I'm not. You know, avoiding taxes. What I'm trying to say. Um. Uh, essentially, though, it's just like it's a movie. It's a song about you know recollection and enjoying those and remembering those times when you were free and didn't have to worry about anything. And I encourage all you listeners to enjoy life, whether you're in your 30s or you know. 16 years old just enjoy life man 
enjoy those good times and appreciate them, you know? Yeah, David, Even enjoy your youth while you have it. Yeah, yeah. I, just, I just turned 17. Yeah, enjoy your youth, idiot. <laughs> Anyways, the final thing I want to talk about is a show. And as, of course, Avatar, because I just finished it. Man, that finale was good. Really solid show. Really great. I, I'm getting I'm about ready to start Korra. Can't wait to see what Korra brings. But honestly, Avatar was so good. And definitely watch it if you haven't watched it yet. I got a standing opera shirt. It's the greatest thing I've ever seen. <laughs> that is all I've got today, David, in my suggestions. Uh, uh, how, do you have any fun today? Was today, any, was today worth the talk? It was. That a lot of fun, kind of Jeff fun? Yeah, pretty solid one. Yeah, I had a lot of fun. Thank you again for listening, listeners at home. Uh, go follow the Instagram, what's that smell underscore you thinking again. No apostrophes or anything. It's just yeah. that. No capitals. Simple yeah. as that. Yeah. Uh, we'll be posting about our updates and such, about new episodes. Uh, thank you again for listening. And we uh, hopefully you'll join us again next week in the next episode of... What's that smell? Are you thinking again?